And welcome our fellow lovers of love on this journey through a stream of consciousness towards a lake of tranquility and eventually onwards towards an ocean of love. I like that one. Yeah, I messed it up a little bit, but I think that I think we've got one to stick with. It's been a long couple of weeks, actually. Yes, it has. A lot has happened. You know, I spent a couple of weeks in the hospital. We'll talk about that. A couple of weeks, sorry, a few days, a couple of days in the hospital, not a couple of weeks. But so, because of the timing of that, we didn't get our show up last week. But so, you know, as we prepare for these shows, we do some. Sometimes we do some research on various magazines. But you know, these first five ten minutes are usually something that I've kind of contemplated and come up with throughout the course of the week. And I've been otherwise occupied this week, so I haven't had a chance to think about it. And so today, I was thinking about the process and thinking about, okay, well, what do I want to come up here and kind of give my five, ten-minute pontification, you know, the opening monologue type thing that, that we do? And I didn't have anything profound. But does it have to be profound? We all look for these bright, shining moments in our lives. You know, the moments that mean something, the moments that are easily remembered. But that's not even remotely the majority of our lives. The majority of our lives are the daily grind. The, the mundane moments. Yeah, it's just, you know, the every day, they get up, do your thing, go to bed. And it's been that way since the beginning of time. It's nothing new. We kind of view it as new, but it's nothing new in humanity. I mean, do you think the hunter-gatherers got to rest? on? Yeah, maybe on Sundays. If they had a good hunt on Saturday, they could rest a day of the week. Because otherwise, as we all know, if you don't rest every now and again, you get exhausted and worn out. But... We're not much different than them. We are them. You know, they had millions of years to adapt to a hunter-gatherer lifestyle. We have hundreds to adapt to a modern world. And you could make an argument that the modern, modern world is 20, 30 years old. Maybe 1980. Maybe. Maybe. I'd probably call it 1990, so maybe it's 30 years old. And it's the toll that takes on our social structures, our family structures, our cultural structures. You know, it's unknown. But, you know, the thing about humanity is we're always facing the unknown. We never know what tomorrow is. Many years ago, and I don't have the date in my head, so I'm not going to. I should know the date, but I don't. And I'm going to be embarrassed later when I don't. Abraham Lincoln talked about a house divided cannot stand. And at the time, he was talking about the country. And it was facing a uh, brutal reality of both its history and its future and its current state. But that phrase did not begin with Lincoln. 
memory serves, it's in the Bible. Yeah. It talks about your family, your culture, your institutions, civic institutions, and we are all divided. Because we've forgotten the most important thing about civilization. That's being civilized. You know, we talk about loving our neighbor. Doesn't mean you have to like them. Doesn't mean you have to interact with them all the time. But you still need to love them. Because that's our shared humanity. And without that shared humanity, we run a very great risk of losing love beyond the love for your children, the love for your spouse, the love for your family, your immediate family. And that would be a sad, sad loss for not just our culture, for the world, and for our inner spirit. So, yeah. so there's that. How has your week been, love? Stressful. I was worried about you in the hospital. I didn't realize how much stress until after you came home. Well, it was a stressful thing. It was still unknown. What was it my doctor said? That is to quote, to quote my doctor as they were discussing whether to let me go home or not. You're an unusual case, Mr. Just. <laughs> Welcome to my world. It's just, I didn't say it, but I thought it. <laughs> I didn't say any of the hundred smart-ass remarks that came through my head with that one. Not one? <laughs> Not one. I did, I told I'm you, proud of you. I, I told you I was going to be a good little patient. <laughs> but, yeah, whew, man, welcome to my world. Yeah, it's good, Lauren, if I have a bureaucratic hole or something strange. You will find it. I thought you were kidding. When we first met, you told me where things happened to me. I thought, yeah, a couple of things have happened to him. Uh, yeah, he's just exaggerating. No. Weird things happen to you all the time. Yeah, it's 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 literally kind of absurd what I'm seeing. Um, and by the way, just to let anybody know, we're not gonna, we may not stick around for the whole hour tonight. If I'm not up to it, we're not up to it. I'm on strict orders to rest and de-stress and so if I start to get tired I'm pulling the plug I told like I said I told my doctors I promised them I would be a good little patient and so I just I'm fine right now I'm just saying that I it, for people for it if we only go 40 minutes or something then we only go 40 minutes I'm not sticking myself to the whole hour yeah yeah, I'm, yeah I'm, okay I'm loving myself in in, in respect yes so, I'm happy to hear that so no need to push. No need to push. So, but you can go to latenightlove.us and you can visit us and you can watch all the, well, not all the past streams I haven't gotten around. Maybe that's what I should do. I should roll that into the bedroom and just lay down and do some work. But anyway, we have some stuff to do. Like, I, we have our Teespring account set up, but we haven't made any merchandise yet. Ah. So, you know what? Would you guys want like a is because life is negative enough t-shirt? Coffee mug. Coffee mugs with the Yeah, I mean, oh, I I want one of these with our big with our logo on it. 
a mug. Yeah. A big glass mug. Yeah. But we'll have to see if I can do that through Teespring. But stuff like that. Sweet. Should be interesting. Should be sell. It's t-shirt. That kind of stuff. So with our with our logo on it, it's a way for people to help without helping. So anything else you had going on this last well two weeks now? Two weeks now. I haven't seen we my haven't, two grandchildren. That's hard. We haven't checked in with the Levy Nader for 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 two weeks now. So just kind of checking in, see what's going on. Anything on your mind? No. I'm looking forward. I've been thinking a lot about our camping trip coming up this July. Yeah, you're looking forward to that one? I am. Yeah. Yeah. So am I. Even though I'm very plen I'm well rested, I suppose. I've done nothing but rest the last week. But I'm not. I'm tired, so it is what it is. We'll get over it. All right, so let's just dive in. We'll get a handful of these questions lined up. So, uh, oh, you can visit us at uh, anchor.fm slash late night love, and you can click on the send a message button if you want to send us a voice message. You can send Lubby an email at love at late night love dot us, and you can find us on Minds, MeWe, and all that other fine social media sites. So. And if you have a podcast site that you particularly like to use and we're not on it, let me know and I can, and I can submit the, the show. All right. With all that done. Uh, okay. Here's the, we'll start with an easy one. Well, it's not an easy one. Her daughter was one of two not invited to a birthday party and she's heartful. How does she as a mom handle this? Well, there's a couple of different situations. One. Well, I know what I would do. Well, it depends. Well, anything you do is going to make it worse. There's always that possibility, so you have to manage your expectations. But one, is this uh, ostracization of the class, or is this she just doesn't get along with the girls whose birthday it is, and so you're not invited? And then why would you want to go anyway? You know, everybody has a right to choose who goes to their birthday party. Yes, you do. So, you know, if you have someone you don't want there, you don't have to invite them. Now, if it's a class ostracization, bullying type thing, as the way sometimes can happen, then it's a different question. You have to deal with the question, okay, why does your child stand out enough to be bullied? And then what do you do about it? And those are two separate questions because you can't answer the second one until you answer the first. From my perspective is as a parent, if you go to the school or you start dealing with it, you just make it worse. You're just putting a bigger target on their back. Now as a father of boys, you know, there's, you can prevent this type of, well, prevent so much you can mitigate this type of behavior I, you know leave these people alone be nice or i'll make your life a living hell and you know i will and so your, your boys become civil i tell you civilized boys 
how you civilize girls? I don't know. I haven't had the slightest clue. That's your department, young lady. Well, my girls came civilized. They, you know, there's rules of etiquette and behavior. You have to be nice. They're all that way. <laughs> yeah. But um, are they? But, yeah, <laughs> but what I would do in this instance, I would invite that other girl who didn't get invited, and I would do a little shopping excursion at the mall, go out and eat. Yeah, well, it is it is a life lesson, and, you know, sometimes life lessons are hard. But, you know, you're not always going to be invited. Yes, that's right. And they have a right to have their their birthday party the way they want, and if that doesn't include you, yeah, it sucks, and it's and I will hug you, and I will love you, and I will give you all the support, and let's go buy some ice cream or whatever it is, you know, to soften over the you know, put the Band-Aid on it, so to speak. But that wound's going to hurt for a little while. It is. It's going to hurt for a little while. And this is part of growing up. <laughs> yeah, it's it's part of life. It is what it is. The, but the question is, is it a part of a bullying? That's the sec- That's the part of the equation that I would check into. Because young girls, we're assuming it's elementary school, if it's a whole class, you know, they have a way of, ostracizing as as a bullying tactic and so i'd want to be careful make sure she's just not being bullied and it's just a personality conflict and you know i don't want that you know, it's a personality conflict it's a personality conflict you're not going to get along with everybody everybody's have to not going to gonna like you <laughs> yeah and yeah. here's a dirty little secret you don't like everybody else either so <laughs> so now maybe you would invite them to your party anyway why is beyond me but you know, why do you want to have your birthday become about somebody else? Don't you get to be selfish on your birthday party? Isn't that the one time in the year you actually get to be almost completely selfish? I said almost because, you know, I would think it would be. If it's your birthday party. That's the one time you get to be surrounded by people you want to be surrounded by. You don't, it's the only time you get to choose. See, I would, I, I've told my daughter since you're doing a class party, you invite everyone. I can see that up to about the third grade. Once you get past the third grade, the individual personalities are too strong. Forcing people together causes longer term issues. Then you've got the two people who don't want to be there. Because you got your daughter doesn't want them to there, and then she don't want to be there because they've been forced by their mother because they have a saying, "You were invited, you, know, you have to go." And so, um, <laughs> yeah, why do you want to ruin two people's day? Birthdays. Birthdays. Um, all I gotta say is I'm glad my children are no longer young. My children are all old, and they're old because one's thirty. My oldest is thirty. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> okay, here's an interesting one. After getting fired, why do people want to avoid returning home for a long time, sometimes well into the night? 
Well, it's one way of not having to deal with a, it's a bit of escapism. You're not having to really deal with the reality of what happened yet. I think it's more complicated. No, it can be. Again, it, it all depends on the people involved. Um, well, first, it's a psychological hit. Correct? You're a failure. You've been rejected by your, by your, your employment. And all the consequences that line up behind ha happening. Financial uncertainty. And then you've got to go home. And face potential rejection from your spouse. Because all they're going to do is ask questions. That you may or may not have answers to. They're not going to give you the... And it's not their fault because they have the same fears and... and so it's a perfectly natural reaction. It's, you know, it's the wrong time to ask questions. But it's the human nature of us to ask questions. You know, what they need is unconditional support. And if you don't feel like you're going to get unconditional support when you go home, you're going to wait until you've recovered your equilibrium, so to speak. So you can stand on the feet and deal with that. So you can have at least some kind of an answer to the questions that are going to come, even if they're not very good ones. And so, you know, these are, I mean, it's a failure. You feel like a failure from a man's perspective. It's a failure. You know, the one thing you're supposed to do, provide for your family, provide for your, you know, that complex calculation that is provide for your family because it's not all about money it's time nourishment guidance <laughs> how do you balance all that we talk about the you know the working mothers having to balance all but men have their own balances to make and when something like that when they get fired women get far more supported when men get fired than when they get fired than men do it's the nature of a beast. I was uh, a sociologist. He said the two most valuable people in society are young women and old men. All you have to do is look at society treats them. They idealize young women and, and they put these successful old men on pedestals. There's the two. Success and fertility. It is the trifecta of humanity, right? So to speak. Trifecta is the wrong word. Bifecta? I don't know. <laughs> well, it's nature. It's, it's food and, yeah. and sex. That's, well, that's nature. Yeah, but there is a third portion to that. I was actually listening to some evolutionary biologists um, on their podcast, and we talk about there's a third part to that. If it was just about reproduction and just about resources, why do we follow them up and sacrifice both? There is a trifecta there. 
And it's that third one, that third thing, whatever we call love, whatever you want to describe it. There's a third part of the equation that can make those others two function. Because let's be honest, the most highly successful people are narcissistic, overly energetic, type A personalities. Most of us aren't that. We're never going to be that. <laughs> we're not born that way. We're literally, quite literally, we're wired differently than guys like Elon Musk and Zuckerberg and Bill Gates and pick all the uppermost successful people. We're quite literally wired differently. Doesn't mean we're less or more. It's like not, not, you know, the wiring doesn't make you a human. The wiring just makes your, makes what manifests. It's part of what manifests you. It's only part of, because, you know, nature, nurture, nature plus nurture equals output. And so, but it all goes back to this, uh, you know, why do you sometimes wait? Because you're protecting yourself. You're protecting your emotions. That's what you're doing. Now, you may be wrong. There's the other question. You may be wrong. You may very well get the love and support you need. And you're in interpreting the world improperly. But that's what the fear is. That's what drives it. So, I mean, then that was the question. All right. Oh, sorry about that. Uh, why do some adult children stop calling or visiting their parents? Well, I can't really have much say in this because me and my children have our own. Some people have their own. Uh, uh, relationships and phone calls and that kind of thing aren't uh, necessary, so to speak, the way they are to other people. Like, it's funny, me and my son Anthony, we almost never talk, but yet he was the one who I communicated most with when I was in the hospital. We didn't talk on the phone. We talked over messaging, but he's the one who talked most. So you know, these things aren't, they're not universal. And I think that's one of the issues that when we, we look out and we think that these are universal truths, and they're really not. You and your daughter talk every single day, well, almost every day. Almost every day. Um, well, I, each, I have three girls. They each have their own communication style. The oldest one is purely text, and then I usually visit once a week. I, we do face-to-face. -face. Now, my middle one, she, we do mostly text. She calls me out of the blue. There's no setup. It's just she just calls when she's she's a free spirit. And then my youngest daughter, we schedule our, she's in Oregon, we schedule our, our nightly calls. Most nights we do at least do a short video call. And we also text. Yeah, so it, relationships are different. And, you know, I've got mostly boys and my daughter was 
raised like a boy. So in, in, in a strange sense, it's the same way. She's just, I don't know if his genetics, that one is it's nature or nurture. It could go either way. A little <laughs> bit of both, I think. Yeah. yeah. But she's like her brothers in that, in that sense. But it, it, it goes to that. It goes to, you know, the families and, you know, people get busy. Especially when you start hitting your late twenties and, you and your early thirties, had those children, had a couple of little kids, and and sometimes us old people have a tendency to ramble. We'll talk on the phone for an hour when someone just wanted a ten minute conversation. I'm I'm not used to didn't used to be that way. It's happened as I've aged, and so that's why I said those old people have a tendency to do that because yeah, I'm noticing that. Are you not? Yeah. I will blabber on more than I used to. Getting old. But hey, we both entered the age of procedures at the same time, despite our age difference. So I think we're on like the same schedule. Yes. <laughs> You're like, nine years <laughs> younger, but you've hit the procedure wall already. Or maybe I was a little late coming to the game. I don't know, but we're hitting it both at the same time. And that's no nice. surgeries. They just find a little something and then they have to do a procedure. Yeah, it's the age of. Hey, we get to poke you a bazillion times. Ooh, I got the hiccups. Um. I don't get the hiccups anymore. I get like one or two hiccups. I have it, and then they go away. It's no fun. I miss hiccups. <laughs> what do you mean you miss the hiccups? You can have mine. Okay. Even though they go away, I'm just saying they're not fun, especially when you're trying to do a podcast. Okay. Now, why did they stop visiting their parents? Well, that might be expense or other things like that. You know, if you're too far away, you're too far away. Because it's not just the expense, it's also the time. Yes. To make it worth it. So. All right, here's the tough one. And ooh, it's, we have four minutes to halftime. But the question is, you know what? We're not going to go the whole hour today. So let's just push through. We've got three, All right. four more questions. So we'll just kind of push through these questions. Okay. And we'll get them done. Okay. I won't even stop for a halftime. Uh, we'll make a quick break to put in the chunk all right well, actually we're going to make a quick break to put in the, the commercial right about now we'll be right back and we are back thank you for rejoining us here at late night love you can visit all our previous shows at latenightlove.us and find us on all your various social media platforms and that's what we get for promotions today. Okay. We were just having some easy questions. Those were easy ones, by the way. I love it. Uh, now we get the hard one. All right. What do I do when my 13-year-old daughter is pregnant? And this one's I'm teeing this one up for you first. I'm throwing you under the bus on this one. Well, the first thing you do is hug her. And I love you, and everything's going to be okay. She has, because she's, she's been, if she tells you and telling you, that took a lot of courage. And, and there's a lot of fear. 
that fear, oh my, that little thing, oh my parents are going to kill me, is is a is a real fear. Is a real fear. Yeah. You know. And next, I would, I would, uh, I I would be out of my depth, out of my depth here. So I would enlist a counselor as soon as possible. Okay. Well, first, your answer is very good. You hug her. You ask about physical, physical and emotional care, and you deal with that first. That's the very first thing you do. You avoid the obvious questions, for at least for the time being. Avoid them. Avoid them like a plague. I Ooh, know it's the hell did this? I, you, you know. When did this happen? Yeah. yeah. Avoid all that. Yeah. Avoid all that. I know you, you'll get to it. You will, you'll, you'll get to it. You'll get to it, but there's actually more important things. And that's ensuring the, the mental and physical well-being. And so you have to, these are the times where, you know, this is what parents don't get paid for. You don't have a choice. You either love your child or you don't. And if you don't, then you pass that care off to somebody who does mindfully. If you don't think you can handle this, it's okay. There's someone in your family, someone in your support group who can. Because you do not want to do the wrong thing. And this isn't about whether you keep the baby or not. No. This is about how you respect your daughter as an individual going forward. Because all that other stuff, whatever happens one way or the other, is just stuff that can be worked through. But a complete violation of trust at this point cannot. Your daughter is 13 years old and pregnant. Something is wrong. Something has gone off the rails at some point. You're going to have to deal with that. But right now, it's the emotional and physical well-being of your daughter. That's the only thing that matters. And if anything else matters above that, you should sit in the mirror and do some thinking. Yeah, decisions will need to be made. And I will not judge anybody for the decisions they make with a 13-year-old person. But at the same time, these things need to be done with care, love, compassion, and thoughtfulness. Slow down. Go slow. You know, hopefully she told you before it's six months along and you have, or you've got no decisions. Hopefully she told you early. It means two things. It means there's still a bond of trust and you have time. And if she told you later, the later they tell you, it means the more strained your trust is and it also shortens your time frame. And so it's hard to go slow. Because there comes a point where you can't. You're six months along. You're keeping that child. And whether it's up for adoption or whether it's, you know, you're keeping it for yourself and you're raising it. 
those decisions, you only have a few months to make that choice. But ultimately, the very first thing you think about is the mental and physical well-being of that child. Because the future depends on it. You keep her emotionally healthy and she will recover from this. Probably live a great life. If you don't, it goes the other way. We've seen it far too often. Okay. So here's kind of quasi-related. Are helicopter parents bad parents? <laughs> I'm sorry. I shouldn't be laughing. I didn't think about the order of these when I put them in. I wouldn't have put those right after each other if I hadn't thought about it. <laughs> and I find it a little amusing. Okay, so are helicopter parents bad parents? No, they're not bad parents. They just need a little tweaking. Well, again, not necessarily, but they can be. If it's about them instead of the children, then you're a bad parent. If you're helicoptering your parent because you want them to be something. They're going to be a doctor. Going to be a doctor. Going to be whatever successful. And then and the problem is not your child. It's you. Now, if you're doing it genuinely because you think it's the best thing for your child and you need to, you live in the ghetto and you've got to keep them on the straight and narrow and that's the only path to do it. No, they're not. They're doing the best they can. And a, a parent doing the best they can is never a bad parent. Yeah. Never. They yeah. might be wrong. They might make a, a track load of mistakes because that's what happens. But you're never a bad parent as long as you're trying to do what's best. Okay. Here's one. My brother and I are supposed to have the same father and mother. We took the siblings test and it came back that we are not siblings. Uh-oh. Yeah, do we have different fathers? Well, either, either that or one is you's adopted, which is possible. Possible. Or both of you are adopted. Yeah, so that's... you're going to have to have an uncomfortable <laughs> conversation with your parents. I would suggest having an uncomfortable conversation with your mother, if at all possible. Mom first. Mom first. Because there may be a rational explanation. Why do you want to send something off to, you know, maybe opening a can of worms that your father accepted and he just doesn't want to deal with it. I accepted it. And, you know, as long as it's not confronting me in the face, I'm going to, you don't want to open that can of worms again if you don't have to. So talk to your mother first. And if not, then talk to an aunt because they know everything. <laughs> There's always that one aunt. There's always the aunt, and you know who it is <laughs> that you can talk to and find out all family gossip. And yeah, it's just you've got some family digging to do. Now, here's the thing you're still brothers. Yeah. That test means nothing. I don't care if you don't have different fathers and mothers, it's entirely possible. You're still brothers. They're raised together. Yeah, you love each other like brothers. That's all that counts. You know, 
essentially all that other stuff. It just matters that you know it's going to be harder for you to donate your kidney to them. I think that's about the only. That's the only thing. thing that's the only, that's the only yeah. thing. All right, so unless we have something to add, my love, I think that's the end of it. I'm kind yeah. of tired. So okay, gonna, let's just sign off. So we're just going to call it a half of a day. So for those of you who are out there, come back next week. Unless I'm in the hospital, we should be fine. We'll be back again and um, have more of a normal show. But it was uh, good for my soul to come back out and kind of ugh. Get my feet back wet. Remember, remember, good lord, remember. <laughs> like I said, I, there's some things I can't control, and it is what it is. Stupid hiccups. <laughs> Getting the hiccups while recording a podcast is not fun, it's quite embarrassing. Good thing I don't do it. It's never happened yet on my TV show, so we'll see what happens. I do enough of those. It's going to happen. All right, everybody. Good night. Visit us at latenightlove.us. You can visit our Facebook page, Facebook, Late Night Love. MeWe, Facebook at oh, – MeWe, Facebook. You can visit us at MeWe, Late Night Love, Minds, and all that various good stuff. And um, from me and Lovey. Good night and love it, buddy. Bye.